I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 11th of August, 2013. Man, we still doing this? This is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. And you guys are in the uh, safe house quarantine. Uh, you're quarantined. We're safe house. Yeah, whatever. We're allowed in public. You're the ones with the weak immune systems that just can't handle the real world and, you know, There's germs. Not, not we. There's only one of us that has a weak immune system. Well, then why aren't you here? <laughs> because when I have an excuse not to drive 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're just weak in general, you see. Uh, I like, you know, it's like the line from Big Trouble in Little China. It's like, you know, brave man likes to feel nature on his face. Yeah, but a wise man has enough sense to get out of the room. <laughs> I love Big Trouble in Little China. What is not to love? And you are rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because you out there in the land of uh, podcasts and internet are wondering what the hell we're talking about. Uh, I'm contagious currently. I am the, the lucky winner in the shingles lottery. For those of you who don't know what shingles is, it's uh, when you get chicken pox at some point in your life. Uh, when you get over the chicken pox, the uh, virus doesn't leave your system. It goes into hiding. Uh, so they become uh, you know, rebel freedom fighters or resistance fighters, and they <laughs> camp out at the base of your nerve endings, as it turns out. And a certain percentage of the population, uh, either just randomly or if you become immune-suppressed, have it flare up again later in life as shingles, which are wonderfully painful. Um, thankfully, I caught it early, got into the dock, and they gave me antivirals, which have apparently greatly reduced the duration of it. But during the time that you have the flare-up, you are once again contagious with the chickenpox virus, which it turns out Daxa has never had and has never been immunized against. Yeah. It's funny enough, the way now that we learned about say, shingles, I don't know if immunize is the right word. <laughs> You've just never been a carrier. Well, no, there, there is now a vaccine for it. There wasn't uh, when we were oh, children. yeah, that's right. But now there is. So it's one of those ones you have to go in, you get the shot, and then a couple of years later you get the booster. But it's, it's something that simply didn't exist, I think, when we were children. So when we were growing up, it was just a matter of, you know, just wait till you get it, and then, and then you're immune. Um, but... Kids these days, once they're past infancy, I think they get to two or three, and it's part of the standard immunization uh, regime. But, uh, yeah, since uh, Dax has successfully dodged this bullet, uh, you guys are are coming in by remote, so I don't uh, give you the crud. Well, and I'm not sure. My records don't go back that far, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, because getting stuff like chicken pox as an adult sucks. Sucks. It sucks. 
So we're doing the remote thing. And before we let it go too much longer, let us acknowledge he whose beard must not be named in the IRC, our producer, nay IRC rep, the wonderful and incredibly sexy Barry Von Awesome. Barry White, save my life. If you're in the IRC and you want to bring something to our attention, please send the personal message to Barry and he'll bring it to our attention. Other than that, uh, I don't know, throw things at him, little pickles, small cocktail wieners, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> what? I just All work right. here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, getting back on track, uh, welcome to another live edition of Casually Hardcore. And I want to bring your attention to the SLU. Yes, that is the S-L-E-W, the actual unit of measurement of new Wootstock 5.0 videos that we have gotten posted to alphageekradio.com. So the matching video content for a lot of the audio content we got out a couple of weeks ago is becoming available from Paul DeNegris and the UAT Digital Video Team, and they've done their usual freaking awesome job. Uh, apologize for the annihilation of the website earlier in the week, but we got linked uh, from willwheaton.net and Boing Boing in the same week. And we kind of maxed out Bluehost's uh, pipe for about three days solid there. Sorry, guys. Oops. Uh, so the site performance wasn't the greatest. It was accessible, but their downloads weren't the speeds we would normally like them to be. Um, on the upside, lots of people got to hear our content around, I don't know, 26,000 last time I checked in. So yay. Awesome. Go Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. My own personal internet man crush lives to fight <laughs> another day. What? Yeah. And it's really it was a good week for you. It was a good week. You know, I'm, I'm contagious. My website's been knocked off the Internet by being basically slash dotted. Uh, my wife's out of town, so I'm solo parenting. You know, yay! Yay me! Whatever. <laughs> There's a better lottery for you to win this week than the shingles lottery. You know, I played way. that damn lottery when it was that uh, Powerball when it was up over 400 million just because, I don't know, I, I, I go and pay my voluntary math tax. Right. Uh, because, you know, I could do a lot of damage with $400 million, you know? It's... I could do a lot of damage with $100 million. Yeah. Hell, give me a million. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I won't turn you away at the doors. No, no, no none for me, thanks. That's... Yeah, it's funny. funny thing, though, is I only play the lottery when it gets to these massive pots. It's so. interesting, that, that weird mental, you know, why would I not play? I, I would love to win, you know, $20 million. Right. I, so why am I not playing every week? Because I understand math, I guess. I don't know. No, because like your odds aren't your odds aren't any better when there's more money since right. there's more people playing. Like I said, the math it's it's the uniform. You know, math is math, and the numbers are what the numbers are. I saw a great demotivational poster, and it basically had the picture of lightning striking a tree, and it simply said, "The lottery. Your odds of getting killed on the way to buy a ticket are greater than winning the jackpot." <laughs> And like, yep, they That's are. Awesome. I love that. All right. Speaking of money, our uh, fundraising drive continues through the end of August. If you go over to the front page of alphageekradio.com, you'll see a link on the right-hand side to the Indiegogo uh, collection we've got going on to try and replace a lot of our ailing broadcast gear with modern stuff and also try to make the move into video. We are... 27% of the way there. Thank you very much to everyone who has pledged. And this is a pledge system where... You pledge the money, and then if we get the goal, which I think is 2205, I think was the grand total, 
Uh, if we get to that goal, only then do we actually collect the funds. So if we don't make it, you will all get refunded and we'll try a different approach later. But hopefully we will not need to. So check it out. If you enjoy the content that we make and you would like to uh, see us continue covering conventions and doing our weekly show and add the glory that is video, uh, shoot over there and see if you can drop us a couple of bucks. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. No doubt. Indeed. I want to broadcast. I mean, my face should be shared with the world, don't you think? <laughs> Hey, um, can we up that and do like a tiara tutu on the first one for you? As far as a, we, a reward? As far as a reward that's, for the listeners? That's, see, that you're, that's more sort of a punishment. For you, but not for the listeners. No, no, they would have to see it and that would be punishing. Trust me. <laughs> I own a oh, mirror. I think, I think it would be quite funny. I think they would really enjoy it. Uh-huh. Let's I'll see. I'll get working on the tutu. See, let's see if we can get anyone to even email in and ask for that okay so let's just say send send your email requests for gnome wise and a tiara and a tutu to the show at alphageekradio.com uh, and then we'll just see the overwhelming demand for that as a, a reward yeah i don't think i'm in very much danger of uh dressing up anytime soon but i digress does it count if pusar sends like 500 emails yes because <laughs> you know one email per customer there you go <laughs> Hey, that was not a stipulation at first. Right. It will be after I edit this in post. <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> no, you don't. You never edit anything. And you do. But he still has the power to edit. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess you do. Grail understands. Never happened. I didn't say I exercise the power. No, I said I have the power. <laughs> Very subtle difference. So there you go. Boba fetish. At two. At two, Boba. At two, Boba. <sighs> so, let's put the uh, seed in your guys' brain for the call-in topic for the fourth half of the show. And wanted to see what you guys thought. The next big technology in home entertainment, what form do you think it's going to take? So... The industry has thrown 3D at us, and we have all said, thank you, but no thank you. So 3D did not catch on, and I don't think it really is, is likely to ever catch on. What is their next, you know, what's their next move? Bigger and bigger screens? They pretty much got that nailed. Something like Oculus Rift? You know, where, where are we heading with... Home entertainment, and this can be video game related, television viewing, movie viewing related. Uh, what is the big next revolutionary thing that you hope to see? Maybe on one hand, what do you hope to see? On another hand, what are you expecting to see from the entertainment yeah. industries? Well, I think, uh, I think for what we expect to see, in my mind, is obviously it's it's community viewing or sharing of stuff. I mean, obviously the one and the PS4 are both very heavily invested in being able to record your own gameplay and share it with friends very easily or share it with even just the public at large. Um, and then a lot of the TVs, the, the quote-unquote smart TVs, are now trying to feature you can connect to somebody else's TV and you can watch programs together. I think that's where the industry thinks the next big uh, advance is going to come from. Uh, I would prefer it to be something like uh, like VR, 
though. I think that's more interesting to me than sharing video. <laughs> so something Oculus Rift-ish, the, yeah. the, the deep immersion headset takes you no longer need the huge screen because you make the screen huge by putting it on top of your eyeballs. Well, at least from a gaming perspective, ah. I think that's an interesting, uh, you know, frontier for us to go to. And I, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but I mean, one of the luminaries of gaming, John Carmack, is super behind it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, usually, I mean, there's a few people in the industry. If John says there's something there, then chances are there's something there. Where there's smoke, there's Carmack. Right, exactly. <laughs> what? I just work here. Um, Will it be useful for everything? I don't know. I mean, obviously, right. I think he's coming at it from a first-person gaming interface uh, uh, perspective. Now, if you put that in front of somebody who's playing Civ Five, I don't know how much being immersed in there <laughs> would really get you. Yeah. So think about that for the fourth half of the show and come up with, on one hand, what you'd love to see or what's your dream technology that you'd love to see the industry come up with. And what are you expecting to see? What, what, what will be offered to us as the next big thing, a la the way 3D was, was offered to us a few years ago, even though it didn't catch on the way they would like it. They, that, that's what they were hoping the next big thing would be. So have that ready. And kind of what got me onto this uh, line of thinking, other than some of the stories about the Oculus, Oculus Rift that we'll go over later, um, has been my experience lately in the fitness realm so when i returned from the great uh global romp of june 2013 um i resolved to undertake some weight loss to try and get off blood pressure medication just generally improve fitness and got involved with the uh frog pants studios team that had gotten together as a weight loss group on facebook and on an online app called lose it and what I've come to realize about uh, fitness is it's, it's a really good time to be a nerd interested in fitness because they have come up with systems and gadgets that I find very appealing that make it, it just, it sits very neatly in my nerd brain. It, the same way when you buy an audio video receiver and you look at the back of it and there's all these inputs and you basically internally resolve, wow, I have to find something to plug into every single one of these inputs, whether I need to or not, because nature abhors an empty input. And I think they do, <laughs> I, I think they do that on purpose. I really think the developers put extra inputs on there because like, they know us. And so, well, it's very telling about your psychology there, Gnome. Hush. Hey, it's, it's, it's benefiting me now from a, from a weight loss standpoint, so I'll, I, I will own that. So they've come up with these um, activity tracking systems. So the particular one I've got is the from Jawbone, the guys who do the Bluetooth headsets and the, the Jambox uh, Bluetooth speakers. They have right. the up band, which is a really interesting critter. I, when I first got it, I thought it was just a glorified pedometer where basically it just counts your strides and then logs it for you. And I realized they've done some much more interesting things with it. So they've equipped it with a little uh, vibration motor, similar to the vibrating motor in your uh, smartphone. So it can communicate with you without needing a display. 
in some useful ways. So one thing they do is you can use it as your mostly silent alarm clock. So you can tell it, I want to wake up at 5 a.m. And an added bonus is because one of the things it's also doing is sleep tracking and tracking your restless versus restful periods as you go through the sleep cycle is you give it a window and you tell it, you know, within 20 minutes of 5 a.m., wake me up. So either 20 minutes before or 20 minutes after when you think I am most likely to wake up. So it's paying attention to when I'm starting to become restless and starting to flop back and forth in the bed and it waits for that moment and then starts to vibrate on my wrist more and more insistently until I get up. But it's not as random as your alarm clock because your alarm clock just goes off at 5 a.m. and calls it good. If you happen to be, depending on when you went to bed, in your deepest REM sleep when the alarm goes off, you're going to have a really bad time waking up because you're going to be at your deepest sleep cycle, most restful and you're going to be like, zombie, versus it waiting for you to be naturally more awake and then waking you up. And by God, if it doesn't actually freaking work. Interesting. And then there was a kind of silence. Well, um, I mean, I guess so. But you can still set it. Like, if you set your alarm for 5 o'clock in the morning, I take it it has a window where it says, well... It's 5.20 now, and the person's still in super deep sleep. I better just go off. Right. No, it reaches a point where it says, okay, just, just get up, asshole. Just wait. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, what? It does. It eventually gives up on trying to, to wake you gently and, and wakes you less gently. Um, so, the, yeah, the, the sleep monitoring is kind of interesting, and it, it actually shows you graphs of your, of your sleep cycle. Um, it also uses that data if you want to try and power nap during the day, which I have no idea when I would actually fit that in, but apparently you can program it to let you sleep the ideal amount of time for your personal sleep cycle, so you can tell it, I'm going to power nap, and it wake, wakes you after the, you know, when you've gone through one sleep cycle. And then you plug all this into your smartphone or your tablet, and it all feeds into the weight loss app. And they've got things out there that I will probably never own, but they have freaking Wi-Fi-enabled scales that when you weigh in in the morning, automatically report into the mothership and take your body mass index by passing current through your body, which is somewhat creepy, Skynet. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Low voltage current, but heck, wake up. Yeah, and, whatever. And I was smoking genitals. What? You must, be, you must be using less than 90 weight. Exactly. <laughs> and they've got things like they have the Wi-Fi enabled blood pressure monitors and all that kind of fun stuff. So you know, that that... That's one piece of it. They've, they've given me gadgets to play with, which is right in my happy place. So I'm busy playing with the gadgets, and I forget that I'm actually becoming more fit and, and losing weight because it's fun. And in the app, they, of course, make it as much like a game as possible. So they have award badges for different activities and different, you know, attaining different levels of involvement. Achievements. And they have Chivos in the damn weight loss app, and... The psychology totally works exactly the same way as, the, as it does in video games. It's like, oh, all I need to do is, you know, do one more treadmill run this week and I can get the badge. You'd be surprised how motivating that stupid badge that means nothing can be. <laughs> That's I got the badge. Same way 
you go after the, the stupid achievements in video games? I mean, what really, in the bigger scheme of things, do they mean other than nothing? This way, you're still going after it, and the same psychology works. You're going after the badge, but at least you're also becoming more fit while you're doing it. It means I did it, and here's my proof. Yeah, no, I did but it. But you can show your, your fitness achievements or whatever publicly, right? That's the other great thing they have, is they have very Facebook-like community that you can join. And this is what got me into this originally, was the, the Frog Pants Lose It group had gotten together, and they set a challenge for between the nerdtaculars to, as a group, you know, lose 1,500 pounds. And so you can join that challenge as well as just joining the group, and it's just basically people cheering each other on. And you can choose the level to which the stuff that you report into the app gets auto-posted to the timeline. Um, cautionary tale, you know, the normal settings are for them to share basically everything. So one of the very first things you do if you do go to loseit.com is check the privacy settings and make sure they match your personal comfort level because it's set to overshare in my opinion. Um, so I dialed it back a bit. But you can have it auto post certain details about your uh, the stuff that you log to the public group and basically, then you jump in there just like Facebook and respond to people's auto posts and their regular posts saying, hey, great job, good job losing it, or you, you, know, you, you stayed the same weight, that's gold, that's great, that means you're not gaining, you may be plateaued, but it's basically the whole yay, huzzah, huzzah, team spirit thing on top of the game aspects of it. And it really does fit together into a neat, very appealing to geeky gaming type nerd uh, personalities. So I'm... Been, I've been eating it up, basically, to a degree that I never expected. So, well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm loving it and losing weight at the same time, and hope to be off, uh, you know, unnecessary medication before too much off the longer. Woohoo! So, of course, you know, just as I was beginning this, to I've been doing just portion control up until the, I lost my first ten pounds, and then at that point, I intended to add you know, deliberate extra physical activity. So walking outside and, and hitting the treadmill. So the day of, literally, as I'm changing into my workout clothes for the first time, that is when I noticed the shingles. Now, if you don't know about shingles, uh. they are really freaking painful once they get underway. So, of course, just as I'm starting to increase my physical activity, my, my body is saying, you're going to be doing this in a lot of pain. Congratulations. And awesome. yeah, but damn it, I did not let it stop me. Better living through chemistry. I got the good pain medication from the doctor and that helped a hell of a lot, but I refused to let it get in my way because I had the momentum and there was a spot in the app where I needed to fill in a blank that was calling to me and says, what was your exercise today? And it was empty. And just like that empty input on the back of the receiver, Ooh, there's a, there's a field there. I have to type something in there or I'm doing it wrong. Total, mm. Totally tap dancing on all of my little uh, neuroses. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. They should give you a special achievement for doing it with shingles. Yeah. yeah. You should ask for that. The OMFG, it hurts, it hurts badge. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, God, it hurts, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> or the... Uh, the the treadmilling on narcotics badge. There you go. Yeah, I survived the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some great. Um, 
one of the videos they played at Woodstock 5.0 was Adam Savage while they were doing, uh, I, can't, I don't remember on which episode of Mythbusters it was, but they, they basically had him drunk running on a treadmill. And he, of course, biffed it entirely and was shot off the back of the treadmill into the green screen that they were in front of. And it was quite, quite amusing. And I had moments like that where I was like, I'm going to do a Savage here. I'm, 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 I need to, to slow this down a bit because, damn. And Just in, run outside. That never happens. Well, the, here's where literally dusting off the treadmill and I, the humor of the situation was not lost on me where I'm literally with a damp rag dusting off the treadmill because it's been inactive for that long. So hmm, I'm dusting off the old treadmill, just like the phrase says. Um, literally. Literally dusting off the treadmill. The With Iolite traveling so much because she got on a plane again this morning heading for florida with the uh, nemesis and arch nemesis going walking isn't really an option unless i wish to be a horrible parent and abandon my young children at home while i go wandering off into the sunset so i can wander with you the three-year-old the legs are you know still kind of coming along development wise they make leashes they make strollers. See, I like how your brains each went to a very different place there. <laughs> Daxa went one place. Grail went to a different place. Well, the leash would still hold you back because you'd be dragging them behind you. So it's better to put them in a stroller. I see. Well, that must just getting back into exercising. It would be probably right around the speed. Part of it so is. Like, Come on, Daddy. I also, I just want to get some damn return on investment on that treadmill. So I'm quite happy to use it. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a sweat box because it's in the garage in Arizona in August. So it's not air conditioned out there. Quite, quite the opposite. So it's a good sweaty workout. And thankfully, the downstairs shower is two steps inside the door because, damn, my body, I think it's forgotten how to sweat. And it's still, it's still working out the, the details because I get on the treadmill and I get a good sweat going. And then I get in and I immediately go into a nice cool shower, get changed. And then my body continues to sweat for 45 more minutes. Even though I'm inside the air-conditioned house, I've brought my core temperature down with a good cool shower. And the body's just pump, pumping the sweat out because I think it's just forgotten what it's supposed to do because I'm a sedate nerd that sits in front of a computer all day long and it's just has no idea what the hell I think I'm doing. Or you're just an alien. Shh, they're not supposed to know. Could be. Possibility. Mm, meh. I just work here. So, gadgets to be had in the uh, end, just nerdy apps. I mean, there's, you know, of course, there's iOS app, Android app, and all the different networkable devices you can clip on yourself and stand on and used to take bodily measurements and all. So depending, again, how crazy you want to go and how much ridiculous amounts of money. And looking down the list in the Lose It app for the, all of the different gadgets you can buy, you can drop a ridiculous amount of money on this. Um, I had the good fortune of already owning a blood pressure cuff and already having the up band. So I, all I've had to do is, is you know, pay for the annual Lose It premium fee, all of 40 bucks a year, totally worth it to get the super duper uh, app features. And so far, coming up on two months 
of doing it and it's managed to work itself into my life. I think doing its job of making these things habit and the, the ease of the logging tool that they've created in the app as far as logging your food intake. Um, once you get going and that's, it's trivial to quickly log what you've eaten and teaches you exactly how many calories you're taking in and you realize where the pitfalls are in your life and what things you might want to avoid if you're trying to burn more calories than you take in or at least you make the conscious choices i'm going off the reservation and you know what you're doing and eat your entire daily uh you know ration of calories in one sitting which i've been known to do uh-huh especially with cupcakes mm, cupcakes uh, just remember the best excuse ever, especially if you're doing running. You go, well, I got a carb load. Uh huh. That <laughs> is why I'm about to drink a six pack. <laughs> that is uh, one of the ways my brain interprets, you know, because when I log exercise in the app, it goes in as negative calories. So it basically increases the amount of calories I'm allowed to eat. So I'm like, hmm, what am I going to spend those calories on? That is a bad idea. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm interpreting that the way they intend. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I got calorie credit. This is that's awesome. pretty much what that's how they list is it. You know, it, it's that's four cupcakes right there. Damn it! Yes, we're doing it right. Uh, all right, I just work here. So you are listening to Casually Hardcore live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. We have handily cruised right to the end of the first segment. So when we return, geeks in the gaming world. And Grail's got all kinds of fun stuff lined up for us in that segment. We shall return right after some uh, mini-bosses. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants at frogpants.com. And you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
in a gaming world. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Let me do a preemptive one of these uh, right now. Uh, Nemesis and Arch Nemesis are downstairs uh, fighting about Fruit Punch, because that's what siblings do. <sighs> so, Grail, what... Uh, Give me the Fruit Punch. Yeah. Give me the cash. <laughs> fruit Punch. And so, Geeks in the Gaming World, what's happening in the world of gaming? Well, we got several stories. Obviously, a lot of big news uh, this week about uh, Xbox and PlayStation. As as we progress towards the actual releases of both the uh, Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, I'm sure it's going to be a weekly thing of them making some sort of update. Uh, once again, we've seen Xbox go back on one of their initial design decisions. No. I know, shocking. So one of the things that they had originally uh, announced was that the Kinect that was bundled with it was also going to act as your headset for lack of a better word. You would, you, you know, you'd play your audio through your TV speakers or an auxiliary, uh, amplifier or whatever, however you have your setup. And then the mic on the connect would actually be your mic. Well, enough people were like, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. We would really prefer you just send us, give us a headset with it that they've actually changed. And now, uh, are providing a headset along with the, uh, the initial packaging so the the heads well, not, not just a port for it the actual headset will be part of the kit yeah yeah i mean they had a port but it was going to be an, a, another item you'd have to buy separately um so for like the good news for xbox and this is seems to be the their pattern they have like good news and bad news every week yeah <laughs> so the good news is, is that the stuff that comes with one of the sites and i don't know if it's even in our research thread uh linked uh, what it was going to come in the initial packaging, and really they're giving you everything you could need. It's going to come with an HDMI cable, it's which is actually a pretty uh, uh, all the cabling apparently is very uh, well put together. There's no longer going to be that ma- mega power brick that came with the old Xbox. It's no, it's still it's still more. pretty still pretty hefty, but not as not nearly as as monstrous not as, as the much. Old and it, it looks it'll blend better in with the background. So it's oh yeah, you blend. Color. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that's important to some people. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it has a headset now and everything. I mean, it looks, the packaging looks good. On the bad side, they came out with the announcement that for you to actually, all that video sharing, all that cool stuff that they've been showing at the press conferences, you actually have to have an Xbox Live Gold account in order to be able to use. Which is really only bad news for those people who don't have one, because a lot of people already have a Gold account. Right. Well, the bad news portion to me really comes from the fact that the PS4 then came out and said, yeah, you don't need one of our paid accounts to be able to do all the same video sharing features. And yeah, yet again, Sony roller skates in and makes them look cheap and bad by saying, nope, ours is included. Enjoy. And then they go right right out of frame. Exactly. Suck it. I mean, it's, it's one of those like really, I mean... Yeah, again, from from my perspective, you know, I've had a gold account now for years and years, so the the thought of not having a gold account really never crossed my mind. But, again, if I was from the outside and thinking, okay, which would I buy, you're, you know, looking at value, you look at the PlayStation, you go, well, that's that does have something going for it. Now, to temper that, the PS4 does have a... Plus account, I forget what they get. PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus, yep. Yeah. So they are going to have a paid service, and if you want to play multiplayer, you're going to have to use the play the paid service. 
So it's not, uh, they're not as separate as they were this generation where the PS3 was free, but a pretty crappy offering versus Xbox, which you paid for, but was probably the best offering for uh, online access and, and being able to, to hook up with people and such. So well, the, the PlayStation... really they're getting the even footing, but again, PlayStation was just able to come out and go, well, you don't have to buy ours to get this feature. And Sony's Xbox... still ahead of the game there because you don't need a Plus account to do multiplayer. The just the, the existing regular free account lets you do multiplayer. Their plus PlayStation Plus is more like a Steam account these days, where they during the time you're subscribed will regularly offer these incredibly discounted and these are AAA titles, and a lot of the games, the in, indie games and the, and the smaller titles are just outright free through PlayStation Plus, and. It's not that it opens up for a window and then closes. It opens up, you buy it cheap, and then it stays yours for as long as you say stay subscribed to PlayStation Plus. Okay, so, let me let me interrupt you because at E3, Sony came out and said for the PS4, if you want to do multiplayer, you need a PlayStation Plus account. Ah, they're changing it up. Okay, so they changed the rules between the 3 and the 4. Yeah, this is a different account than what it was on the 3. So now, if you want to do yeah. multiplayer, because their whole thing was, and the same thing that Microsoft, conclusion Microsoft came to a long time ago, was to offer a really, really good service, you have to charge people, because if you don't charge people, all you're going to spend your time doing is looking for cost-cutting measures, because this is basically something that has very little ROI on it. Gotcha. And so, now PlayStation is saying, well, we're going to charge for it, but now we feel we can offer the full spectrum of service because people are going to be actually paying money towards it. Yeah, they need to up their game because compared to Xbox Live Gold, uh, PlayStation Plus currently is wanting in many ways. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, I mean, it's it definitely, yeah, they're going to need to increase it, but it still gave them a nice point to come out and just to go, oh, you know, yeah, our video sharing, that's all included. I mean, the the whole multiplayer pay-for thing definitely hasn't gotten as much attention, a, a lot of the fact you didn't even know about it. I didn't know about it until I read one of the articles today now, that that was going to be a big thing. And, and backing up the truck, and we were talking about digital video recording capabilities, so basically TiVo for your uh, gaming console. All the DVRs out there charge a subscription fee already. Right. So, and basically what you're paying for really is the television listing service. Them keeping track of the ever-changing TV schedule, what shows are on what channels at what times in your region from your particular provider, which is no small undertaking when you take the entire nation into account and all the different providers. No, oh, sure. So the fact that they are charging money or wanting to charge money for the DVR capability shouldn't really surprise anyone what should be surprising people is that sony is not because that's kind right. of a first right so people if, if people are bitching about you know what is it 60 bucks a year for xbox live gold right so five bucks a month for everything that live gold gets you plus dvr capability and as for comparison my TiVo Premiere is twelve ninety five a month. Yeah, exactly. So, this is chump change compared to what you pay a TiVo. You know, for a freestanding TiVo Premiere four tuner monster, um, you're getting off light. So, really, this is unnews except for the disparity between Sony not charging and Microsoft charging. What remains to be seen is 
the quality of the service. What is the DVR and how good is the DVR listing service for these two guys? And we won't see that until they launch. Yeah, and I mean, like right now, the only thing they've mentioned is that Microsoft is going to record at uh, 720p uh, at 30 frames per second, no matter what you're actually broadcasting. Right, it it'll is. up so or down scale. If you're watching it in like 1080p, it's going to that's the the recording is going to be in 720 at least right now. I could see that changing as the generate, you know, as the console goes into production and then along its life uh, span. Yeah, it's a matter of you just attach a big honking extra storage to it and then crank it up to 11 and go for it. Right, right. And meanwhile, Nintendo's offering is basically, yeah, we'll let you deeply integrate with your TiVo through the TV service, except for they still haven't launched it. When how, yeah. long, how long since the, the, the Wii U launched? I mean... Come on, guys. Nintendo really, I mean, I think their strategy is like, we give up. <laughs> like, really, I'm getting guys... that I'm getting that vibe off of them because I keep looking for, because I've got the TiVo Premiere, which is one of the ones that's supposed to be supported by the Wii, the Wii right. U, and the TV service. And I'm, I'm waiting. I really want to use this service because the, the gaming tablet interface as a front end for the TiVo and be able to use it to, you know, to have all of my content come through one portal, very appealing. And they keep not launching it, and I just I'm getting the vaporware feeling off of this that it just may quietly get canceled. Right, right. I can see that. So the last bit of uh, Xbox news, just just, and this is something I personally got this week, was an email from them saying, "Oh, by the way, your family plan is going to go away. Um, your accounts that you have on there are going to become." Uh, gamer tags that are, you know, you'll still own the gamer tags, but you're no longer going to have this family plan because with Xbox One, you just buy one plan and everybody who uses the console will be able to have a profile on it and et cetera, et cetera. Handy. So it's, I mean, again, that's if you have multiple people using it, it's nice to see them consolidate that down to where you don't have to buy. Uh, you know, three different Xbox Live accounts, or have this family plan, which and do this crazy thing of, you know, allocating points because only one person on the account is considered the parent. So I have to allocate points to like Daxa or my son. Yes, yeah, seriously. If you... anyone should be allocating points, it's me. You have the power. You are the man. And the the last, oh, the other big news, or not big, but you know, common sense news for Microsoft was they're getting rid of the stupid points. It's just going to be money now. Yay! Which is nice, so I don't have to try to figure out, oh, I need 300 points, and I only have 298. Because math is hard! (laughs) Math is hard. Now, this is one of the dumbest things I've never... I I, I know why they do it. It's the casino mentality. Why do they have you play at the casino with chips? Because you don't know how much money you're spending. You know, and you can count. You know that a red chip is, you know, five bucks, and the the blue or the the green is twenty five. But it doesn't sit in your brain the same way as a piece of cash does. So you're you're disassociating it from real money. So yeah. you're more likely to to be free and loose with it. Same thing with the points. It's like, oh, it's just points. It's not money anymore. It it, it became points when I was at the store and bought the little card and. But it's now you have to spend it because it's just points. It's, right, not it's just points. It's not real. It's just, it's, 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 let's go buy some stuff or let's go spend our points because we're not spending money anymore because that money's already spent. But yeah, right. like it just they came up against the just the stupidity of that and yeah. the they're going to get our money, so they might as well make it convenient for us to part with our money instead of making it annoying for us to part with our money. 
Well, yeah, being not like that, but like I said, it, it got annoying because you inevitably ended up going, well, I need like 50 more points, but they don't sell 50 points. They only sell them in blocks of like 400. And, you know, it, that was also the scam part to it is that they always had you buying more points than you needed yeah. for most of the purchases. Never anything like a racket. Yeah, exactly. No. So it'll be nice to just go in and go, okay, this... This add-on costs, you know, three bucks. I'm going to spend my three bucks there. Done. No math required. <laughs> there was one other Xbox story about the improvements in the portability of uh, games you purchase, uh, the digital games. Yeah, and that's some of the uh, that goes back into that family plan thing, and the fact that when you buy uh, a game now, it's going to be tied, I believe, to the console. So anybody that has access to all your people that are using the console now don't have to switch between you know to the profile that the game is attached to it's actually going to be just available to everybody and uh make it a little easier to to share games yeah they will Which is awesome if well, you're a normal family but if you're our family and you have three separate xboxes it doesn't work as well yeah because you, you'll have to pick one of, well the new system will work well for you because you you pick one to be your home console where whether you are logged in or not, anyone on that console can play the games you have purchased. You can also go and log in to one of the other two Xboxes, and you'll be able to access your full library yourself. Your, your games, your digital games, will follow you to the other machine and will stay available there as long as you stay logged in. The only, the only catch to the picking a home system is that's the one where you... And anyone else on that console can play those games, whether you're there or not. But you can also roam and take your games with you for as long as you stay logged in another console. You can also play your library there and then return home. So it's, it's a, the maximum flexibility. That yeah. means that Grill and Aridin are always going to want to be on my Xbox One. Whatever. So... <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to work when you have multiple Xboxes in a single household. They haven't really given a lot of information yet on that. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll uh, work out better than, than what it does today with us, us having to do the family plan. Yeah, and the, and the login switching dance and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, when needed. Hmm. So what else is happening in the world? we got Carmack with funny headgear. Yeah, so John Carmack, as we previously alluded to, is now the chief technology officer for Oculus. No longer uh, with id. And he's still doing his time, you know, he's still a technical advisor at id, and I think something else. <laughs> he's <laughs> something all, he's all over the industry like a rash. Yeah. And believe me, I know about rashes. I know. <laughs> So, I mean, basically, I mean, he's been a pretty big proponent, though, of the Oculus Rift and the, just how good the VR technology has now come. Well, for, for people who don't know what Oculus Rift is, describe it. Uh, it's, it's the newest, you know, virtual reality. So basically, it's something you would put over your head to allow you to be much more immersed in a game where when you turn your head, obviously, it's going to track and the screen will track where your character's looking. Um so we'll see. I don't know. I haven't used a VR set since, God, I don't know, the mid to late 80s, I yeah. think. 
when they used to have those weird things that had like big, it was like a gigantic ring that you mm-hmm. got into and there was like four of you and you kind of walked around in like some virtual environment and shot at each other and you had a thing that weighed probably about 10 pounds on your face. <laughs> yeah, this was in the era of Lawnmower Man and virtual reality right. was the buzzword of the future and then it went exactly nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So the technology may be catching up. Where, like, I don't want to turn my head that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of the... The scene in the Avengers where Tony Stark is standing at the uh, at Fury's console. Oh yes. Covers his eyes. How does how does Fury even see these? He turns his head. Sounds exhausting. I love that. Yeah. So the gear getting lighter uh, and smaller and more compact because I mean the whole thing is basically in in the goggles. Um, all the motion sensors. It's a combination of. Motion centers, motion sensors, accelerometers, and the uh, image projectors all in one wonderful uh, setup. Right. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. It certainly attracted the big name from the industry to come over there and see what can be made. It's a matter of, you know, is, that's conceivably the answer to our call-in question. Is, is this kind of technology the next big thing in home entertainment? So think about that for later in the show. Yeah, and it may be, but I mean, obviously, he feels it is. If he's willing to spend his time doing that, in addition to everything else he's up to, um, so it's yeah, it it's one yeah, we'll have to try it because right. one of their big, I guess, reveals at E three was the fact that they actually had like a uh, uh, very high resolution HD uh, picture going in these goggles or for like a headset i guess would be the word for it and it removed a lot of the issues that people had with with vr where it was grainy or blurry or whatever this was very sharp clear fast responding you know enough frames per second going that you can easily keep up with your head movement and such that it felt very very immersive so from uh, kotaku.com for those of you with, you know, some cash laying around the place, they have the only one available special, very special edition of Saints Row 4. For the low, low price of $1 million, the super dangerous Wadwad edition, a.k.a. the million dollar pack. This limited edition includes Saints Row 4 Commander-in-Chief Edition, Virgin Galactic Space Flight, full-size replica dubstep gun, hostage rescue experience, plastic surgery, spy training day, a personal shopper, seven nights at the, at the top royal suite at the Burr al-Arab in Dubai, a week for two at the Jefferson Hotel in Washington, D.C., first-class flights to Washington, D.C. and Dubai, a Lamborghini Gallardo, the, a new Toyota Prius uh, with one year's insurance, and a year's supercar, and I can't read that one because there's a silly thing in the way. Uh, membership. One, you, your supercar membership. Yeah. All for the lower price of $1 million. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the Lamborghini Gallardo and the Prius, I mean, two opposite ends of the spectrum. They give you both. The supercar. It's a Prius. It's a Prius. <laughs> I watch too much British Top Gear, and they, they mispronounce gotcha. it over there. They mispronounce it over there across the pond. Yeah, the Prius. Uh, so, yeah. So for the, uh, you know, those of you who have won the lottery. 
Well, I like also it's like plastic surgery of your choice. Yeah, hopefully of your choice. Just uh, up top it only says. Oh, it does. It, yeah, it down, says. Okay, down below down it says the of the purchaser's choice. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of curious. So, not bad. I want you to graft an extra hand onto my left arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm left-handed. Yes. But I digress. So, in the... You know, the, from the WTF department of, uh, okay, I guess somebody may have some fun. While it's mostly a joke, I'd like to imagine that some incredibly rich person out there is already planning on getting most of these things and sees a copy of Saints Row 4 as a, as a bundle bonus. I would, if I had a million, you know, the Virgin Galactic space flight, you know, that's interesting. Um, wouldn't mind tooling yeah. around the track in a, in a Lamborghini. Um, yeah. Not sure I want to go to Dubai. Not, not big on their... Uh, how they feel about, you know, women over there. So I would probably choose to go someplace else. Uh, and, you know, the Prius would look good in the garage. <laughs> what? You know, a million dollars would look good in my bank account. Yeah, so. yeah there is that, too. One million dollars. Oh, excuse You're me. Right. Uh, yeah, Barry, I did skip the capsule wardrobe, whatever the heck that. What is a capsule wardrobe? I don't know. Oh, it's a shopping spree, so you can... Look update. like. Yeah, like the St. Rose character. Ah, okay. Shopping spree with a personal shopper to create the ultimate Planet Saints capsule wardrobe. Got right. it. So you get you get the personal shopper and you get to keep the wardrobe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. Hmm. Uh, Deus Ex in the Black Void. Uh, which Lamborghini would you like if not the Gallardo? Um, the Aventador? I mean... What's your, what do you complain? I mean, you can say, no, thank you. I don't want the Gallardo. It's, it's not the most current model. Kick you out of bed for eating <laughs> crackers. I just work here. All right, so did we miss any there? I'm on the wrong uh, page. What else you got for me, Grail? Let's see. Edumacate me. Well, well, we got uh, quick hitters. So MechWarrior Online added now a 12-player mode. Mayhem. Which... Yeah, 12 on 12 instead of the traditional 8 on 8, which doesn't do much for the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yay, now it's 12 on 12, deathmatch. Now it's a sweaty cluster hmm, instead of merely yes. a cluster. Hmm. Yeah, with no new objectives, no dropship mode, no a lot of things missing, and oh well. Four, so four more people do. per team. Yay. Yeah, not a big... Big deal. Uh, the other one was, let's see. So a game that was, I guess, on is on Kickstarter right now called Red Red Aegis, and this is actually a role playing game, not uh, or a pen and paper role playing game, not a uh, video game. But interesting story on it. Just the the way that the developers are setting it up, they're looking for something that's kind of like a merging of Dungeons and Dragons and Civilization, but it's an actual role playing game where you do make a character and you take the character through ages, uh, all the way from like Stone Age and up into like space flight, like Enterprise, Star Trek stuff. But as you advance, you can advance your nation and stuff along a path of either science, technology, or both mix. So they said, you know, you can basically get towards the end of the game and you're going to have people, you know, f uh, flying Starship Enterprise versus another country that has archmages flying dragons at you. So, Like Spore without the stupid parts. Yeah, 
it's interesting. I mean, one of the biggest things for me, especially as somebody that does do role playing and we do it remotely and we have starting and stopping is this game actually has an end to it. It's a role playing game. But they expect that each role playing time you play it, it should last about 10 sessions and should be about 40 to 60 hours worth of play before you basically get to the end and your characters are done. And then if you want to play it again, you, you know, start back up, but uh, and start with uh, different characters. So compared to like Dungeons and Dragons or Star Wars or Shadowrun or anything else, where you just con you just keep going until basically you go, all right, I'm done with this. Um, this one actually is a little more finite. So hmm. Some interesting concepts coming out from it. They've already made their Kickstarter goal, uh, so I think you know it may be one that I might back just to get a copy of it because it sounds interesting. Well, Mac, make sure you back our Indiegogo first, and then I will permit you to spend money on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a special dispensation. Aww. Aww. And with that papal dispensation, we will end this segment. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com. Our partner and sponsor for the Indiegogo uh, fundraiser is Doghouse Systems. They are standing ready to provide us a deeply discounted uh, super-duper gaming slash media laptop should we make our goal check them out on the web at www.doghousesystems.com they make fairly spectacular uh full-size and portable gaming rigs uh, many of which i got to play with at nerdtacular which made me very jealous and uh, envious yes i was embracing one of the many seven sins because <gasps> me wants one but i digress we shall return Right after little Andrew Allen Trio, this is World of Warcraft, The Lament of the Highborn. We'll be back right after this. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com.
researched chaos. Casual right hardcore. Con- what? <laughs> Way to stumble the intro, Grail. Yeah, I mean, gonna, I stumbled. Going to come over there and infect your wife. Ah, Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. This is Research Chaos, brought to you by our all-volunteer research team who hangs out on the forums. Speaking of the forums, I found some time yesterday, finally, to get into alphageekradio.com's forums and unscrew many of the things that were screwed up when that was originally set up. And the forums actually function now, so if uh, those of you listening, uh, podcast and or live, get a moment, head over to alphageekradio.com, hit community, and please go through the registration process. I want to make sure the anti-spammer stuff I put into the registration process isn't screwing up the registration process. I just want to test the system to make sure it's working properly before I attempt to really put content in there that uh, we care about. So it's pretty much empty at the moment. If some of you could take some time and test drive it for me, I would greatly appreciate it. AlphaGeekRadio.com, click on Community, and then follow the instructions. Thank you. Our researchers who contribute via the forums. This week, MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. And he put himself in the middle this week. Boba Fetish. And the recently re-renamed Deus Ex. And they created the Turn Left After These Messages from our Sponsors Edition of the research thread and we thank them for their input because without them this would be a really boring segment mm, and as yep. we were discussing during the break we've got coming up in the next month the agents of shield marvel universe based television series that's going to coexist and intermingle with the marvel cinematic universe and thinkprogress.org has published their five things to know about abc's agents of shield which brings the marvel universe to tv and they do their typical little list of fun things along the lines of the show is a much is very much a bridge between concepts in different marvel movies duh um it's going to be the through line uh and will probably very deliberately touch all the past and future movies they've obviously they've put shield if only in the little after credit snippets in all the recent uh, Marvel movies, and then to a greater, greater extent until they became a major portion of the Avengers. Um, and we were discussing during the break, the important thing they've got in their attitude is they want the television series to appeal to people beyond the already engaged Marvel fan base. So they're going to try and design the stories such that you do not need to have seen any of the movies to have a completely enjoyable viewing experience, which we, I think is a great attitude to take. I agree. I think, uh, I think they need to make it stand on its own and not make it tied solely to the movies solely as a, a vehicle to either promote the movies or, or be Easter eggs for, for them. So I think, and I mean, uh, that's that seems to be the attitude. They have some interesting directions, at least from this article, that they can take the story in because it does require you. I mean, it's funny they say that, but at the same time, you do need to understand there was a big battle that happened in New York. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that happened in Avengers occurred because now you have a public that's reacting to the fact that 
shield was in existence they kept all this superhero stuff secret and now it's really come out to the forefront and just how uh the public at large deals with that so i think i think they can do some interesting stories a la that we've seen in other shows um alphas, alphas you know the kind Superheroes. of even like the x-men type yeah. stories where you have a government except in this case it's the government that's sh- sanctioning the superheroes um trying to sell it to the public at large yeah, that's going to be. I mean, there's, there's potential for great storytelling there, uh, depending on how you know close to real they want to go. They brushed up against that kind of storytelling a little bit in Stargate SG One, in a couple of episodes where um, you know they were considering going public uh, or or tap dancing around it and, and trying to cover things up to stop things going public about the existence of wormholes and other planets and aliens and all that fun stuff. Until, you know, orbiting space fleets start bombarding the planet, then it kind of becomes difficult to explain that away. Um, So the fact that this sci-fi world is, you know, their first foot forward is the the secrets out, guys. You know, there was a pitched battle with huge flying alien battleships, living, you know, battleships, and aliens with energy weapons running around the city killing people, and... Giant wormholes opening above Stark Tower in downtown Manhattan. And we're just not going to be able to spin this one. So there was a little setup where the the world, the cinematic universe was aware of the Hulk because he broke Harlem. And they were aware of Tony Stark's Iron Man because he went public. And then to go from, you know, so they were kind of easing into it and then suddenly had the Chitauri dropped on their heads. And so that's a, a ripe playground, I think, for some interesting storytelling, and it'll be fun to see uh, where they take it. Well, I think also they give it gives them a chance to kind of expose people to maybe some of the lesser villains or even heroes in the Marvel universe without having to give them their own movie or you know deal with plugging them into like an Avengers movie where there's already a ton of people all there um, already. So I think. They can use it as kind of a let's test it here and see if this character would work on a larger scale or not, um, or at the very least just tell their story in, in that you know s- uh, smaller format. Well, and maybe we could even see them start bridging the gap towards introducing the one chunk of the Marvel universe nobody's willing to touch is magic. Yeah, and see That's if true. they're willing yeah. to start going towards that because. It really, you know, for a lot of their stories, you're cutting out Doctor Strange, who is a big, big force in the Marvel Universe. And they're always hinting at there being a Doctor Strange movie. And there's a really good Doctor Strange animated origin story you can get on streaming occasionally. Um, So it can be done as a good story, but they've really gone the naturally occurring slash technology driven even the asgardians who are you know they've explained them as just a massively advanced civilization whose technology seems like magic but it is technology um they've they have stayed away from pure magic which as you said is a huge portion of the stories available in the marvel universe so we'll see if they start headed down that road and it'd be fun to see if they could take because one of the, the the story points in this article is they now that the world knows about these superpowered beings, good guys and bad guys will be looking to recruit. 
Right. So we'll see criminal organizations forming up supervillain teams. And there's great storytelling potential there where someone who may not be aware that they're being villainous or someone's you know, the, watching the journey of the bad guy from small time to big time. And if, as you said, they become a well-liked bad guy or good guy, they may eventually graduate into a film if they are well-loved on the TV screen. So it would be interesting to see someone go from small time, just recruited villain, through to a big bad in a movie someday. That would be kind of a fun, a fun journey to go on if it's, if it's a well-told story. Yeah, for yeah, sure. absolutely. So to, to sum it up, we're looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> don't F this one up, guys. This is, this is a chance. And really, it's something that's not been attempted before. The only other franchise I can think of that did... And in series movie time was X-Files, where they finished one season and then the, the summer movie, the X-Files, was a continuation of the storyline from the series. And then the next season picked up where the movie left off. So it was, you know, part of the continuity. Right. I, can you think of any other franchise that's done television movie blended like that? Off the top of my head, that was mid-season that didn't fall. Yeah, well, Star Trek, they never really referenced the movies, though. And the Star Trek, the, the, at least the next generation, came out after the series ended, right. correct? Mm -hmm. they, yes. they never yeah. had, whatever, whoever they had in the movies, their series were done by the time. So they would definitely they would turn off the TV nozzle before they turned on the movie nozzle every time. Yeah. There, there were yeah. other series ongoing, so DS9 was still going while sure. Generations was being produced. Um, I had a weird ass dream that there was a Voyager movie too, and it was that I don't know, and it was like oh straight straight to video, and everyone had forgotten about it. It was a freaking weird dream the other day. I think, wow. I think the, the pain meds have gone to my spinal column or something. <laughs> Though apparently Captain Janeway, um, the actress who Kate Mulgrew is enjoying a um, William Shatner style revival. On the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Yeah. So the same kind of thing where Boston Legal did for William Shatner, this is apparently doing for Kate Mulgrew. She's apparently just rocking her, her character's role to the point. I, I need to, to I'm seeing it on Netflix. I'm going to bust that open and see if it's as good as everyone says. It's apparently it's a really it's, good story, and she's, she's a highlight of it. Real likes it. It's an interesting, it keeps my attention. I've, I'm about halfway through it, and it's been. It's been good. Uh, you know, they definitely, that sometimes you're like, wow, they, they, they didn't pull back on that. So just like Oz, uh, Oz levels of prison or what? No, not quite that. It's, it's more comedy than anything else. Okay. But yeah, she's, she's good in it as the, uh, the cook. Um, she had so far, like probably the line that has made me laugh the hardest came from her. So mm -hmm. it was, it's good. Talia in the IRC, yes, uh, or excuse me, Admiral Janeway at that point did have a cameo bit in Nemesis on screen. Right. Um, they had a little bit of crossover because they had in First Contact, Worf show up in the Defiant, you know, from the DS9 storyline and, and, you know, try to get its ass handed to it by the Borg Cube. Because they, they had to find an excuse to write him in every movie because he was off on the other series so they always had to have a nod to hey what's Worf doing here he's not on this ship anymore well I, I was just visiting and, mumble, 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 and a miracle occurs and I'm part of the cast right but yeah so 
it'll be interesting to see um, if they can pull that off. I like, I really like the idea, and they were they were toying with the same kind of idea for the Dark Tower series when Ron Howard was trying to bring that into reality, where they would do movie, TV, basically alternating movies, TV series, and, and continue the story through. And it was really ambitious looking undertaking which is probably why it did not get greenlit um and just dark tower man what an undertaking that would be how do you translate that to to the screen yeah, so much holy crap so out there in yeah terms of just in your head type stuff so so i, I mean it, it if they did it well and ron howard you know was no slouch of a storyteller right. um but and you know it shows he has an understanding of the undertaking that he was saying Okay, I'm not going to be able to do this in the time frame of just some movies. I need this extra storytelling time of a TV show. So at least he seemed to be approaching it correctly. He just couldn't get anybody to buy into it. So from that standpoint of just proving that this is a viable method of storytelling, I hope this succeeds and succeeds spectacularly so that other people will consider it as a possibility for large-scale large ongoing universes and stories um, to be able to say, yeah, let's do TV, movie, TV, movie, alternating, or however you want to do it, and we, it can work and it can be financially viable, and we as the consumers of good storytelling will win. So go, 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 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yay, huzzah, huzzah. All right, what else have the researchers, the researchers brought us this week? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Daxa moved the mic, but then didn't say anything. <laughs> well, there was a fun, uh, for those of you who watched the Colbert Report on yeah. Comedy Central. So they had booked uh, Daft Punk uh, to come on and perform Get Lucky. Um, and apparently, through evil contract machinations, at the last minute, Basically, you know, 2 p.m. the day of their 11 p.m. broadcast, uh, they got the call saying, yeah, we're going to have to cancel due to contractual obligations with MTV, which coincidentally is basically under the same umbrella owned by the same people who run Comedy Central. So it's basically them screwing with themselves because they had been, Daft Punk had been booked to be a surprise guest at the Video Music Awards. Well, I guess the surprise is out of the bag now. Um, but apparently the fine print read that for the month leading up to the VMAs, MTV had exclusive rights to their appearances on American soil. And they were exerting that right at the last second saying, no, you may not appear to promote your album on Colbert Report because we own you because of this fine print. So in reaction to that... Um, Colbert Report pieced together a music video to the song Get Lucky by Daft Punk, which was awesome and, and epic in its uh, scope, and doubly so when you consider that they threw it together quickly. Uh, so they had Hugh Laurie in there. They had, drawing a blank on the actor from uh, Breaking Jeff Bad. Bridges, Jeff Bridges was uh, in there. Damon. Matt Damon had a bit. A uh, guy from Breaking Bad. Um, oh, um, yeah. Walt, Walter White, that's the name in Breaking Bad. Right. Um, uh, don't know why I can't think of his name. I'm drawing Anyways, a blank. Anyways, he was in there. and then they had, like, On roller skates, heads. no less. 
Say what? He was on roller skates, no less. Yeah, I know. They were doing the the, the, dis, awesome. the disco roller skate bit. Um, yep. So it, it was a fairly awesome uh, bit of television. And then an, a, I forget which website uh, tried to call BS on it the next day, saying, oh, that, 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 that couldn't have been, you know, a last-minute cancellation. And the musical group you had come in to replace Daft Punk, you know, they were much too polished and prepared, and, and the whole thing's BS, and uh, there's a fun response to that by Stephen Colbert in his next day's monologue, uh, which is available on the web, of course, because Comedy Central knows how to use web to promote themselves, because they live in the 21st century, unlike some other uh, content providers out there. So... If you can go out there, go to ComedyCentral.com. You can see the episode where he rails against MTV in a fairly epic fashion, and then they transition into the one, the awesome music video, and then they have uh, Alan Thicke come in and do uh, a great musical performance, and then the next day's monologue referring back to this uh, other <laughs> other site calling BSM. It's Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke, sorry. I know. Oh, <laughs> my, brain, my brain went to thick of the night. Holy crap. I'm dating myself. Yes, he was. Woof. Living in the past. So go and, uh, and view these things for they're they are full of win and made of awesome. I was like, wow, that would have been a hell of a performance. That would have been. A, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't have, actually. No, not so have. much. It, it would have been the, the other thing, yeah. Yeah. No, they. Uh, it was good. I mean, he destroys those folks oh, yes. the next day. It's awesome. It's definitely worth the watch. And the video for the Daft Punk song is really worth the watch, too. It was really funny. Because not only is it just the, the whole song, but they have bits where they stop the music, and it's like an actual setting, like when they were like on America's Got Talent, and it's just the normal show, and he just comes out, and the music just starts. And it's like a full live audience there, and they're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, no, it was the, good. The guy from Breaking Betty went and actually busted him out of another interview program. It was great. yeah. No, go go watch it. It was it was it was really well done. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, our, thank you. Yeah, from our uh, esteemed producer in the Black Void. He whose beard must not be named. All right. So what else you got from uh, what else? Jumped really, out I didn't you? know that. So also our esteemed producer is saying that Robin Thicke is actually Alan Thicke's son. Holy crap! Yep, I knew Small that. world I had syndrome. No idea. I was in the I was in the right genome. Or, you know, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. You were one generation removed. Not bad. Not too All bad. All right. HBO's uh, thing. Yeah, the HBO thing is interesting. Yes, bring that on. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I was reading this like right before we started. So let's see how much I remember. <laughs> um, basically, HBO was uh, had a quote saying that they're okay with people getting HBO without paying for it, basically, because it's. It's uh, given them so much advertisement that, especially when it comes to Game of Thrones, that it seems to work itself out. Well, they say it's it's just as good as winning an Emmy, as far as they're concerned. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because they basically were saying, you know, in the old days, if you wanted to promote HBO, you they needed people to have like their neighbor invite them over to watch HBO, and they really didn't do a ton of advertising. It was more word of mouth. So now with folks pirating this, they found as the more people pirate the show, the more people that are actually signing up for the service, the more people that are getting registered on HBO Go. So they're like, this is awesome. We don't even have to spend money on advertising dollars. Wait, whoa, 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 folks wait. are naturally if, doing it. If you make your quality content easily available to viewers, they'll pay for it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it has, and again, you, you hit the nail on the head by saying quality content. A lot of the people who don't want their stuff pirated, it's because it's really not that great. So they're only going to get money if it's, you know, if it's purchased. Pre-purchased before you get to see what's inside the bag. Exactly. Well, I think also, I mean, to me, it's a really good example of kind of the same thing that we saw with iTunes, where people that really can embrace the way technology is and make use of it succeed wildly. Those that fight against it and try to do lawsuits or do whatever they can to, to stop basically a tidal wave of technology fail miserably. And HBO has taken what a lot of people see as a negative and turned it into a huge positive for themselves. And, you know, really, because they're saying, yeah, you can pirate it and go ahead. We're not going to do anything to stop it. But eventually you're going to realize that it's so much easier to just throw throw a few bucks our way and look at how much our how awesome our offering of HBO Go is and look at how much content you get for that and makes it they've just made it so much easier the same way itunes basically said you know all that bs of dealing with napster and trying to find downloads look how much easier it is just to come to our lovely store and pay hear your it all for your song and everything's fine yeah and, and pay no attention to our price fixing on the ebooks because that's a whole other thing well no not when it's that easy to use <laughs> the um there have been some research done on where well, they've watched piracy in areas where before and after Netflix moved in, and it's measurable that piracy goes down once a service like Netflix, which is basically a fair price for the content that is being provided, becomes available. People stop pirating and start paying the fair price for the good content. All you had to do was make it available. So stop fighting and start building these systems, guys, and you will get our money. Absolutely. I'm all for throwing money for things I like. I mean, I purchased the season of Arrow, you know, I mean, I could have just waited until it popped up on Netflix or whatever, but I went to Amazon and purchased it because of all the great things I heard about it. That's one of the great geniuses of the design to the Amazon uh, Instant View product is they blend the Prime and Pay services all in the same search tool. So you can see the seasons of a show that are available as part of your Prime membership, and then you just suddenly transition into the, oh, you want to watch this next one? Sure, buck ninety nine for this episode. And if you're on a roll mm -hmm. watching a series, like, oh, of course, buck ninety nine, easy, sign me up. Like, exactly. Complete genius, guys. Well done. Well played. Absolutely. Well played, Amazon. Using technology correctly, just what we were talking about. You're doing it right. All right, so did we hit everything here? I believe we didn't. We have ended nicely right at the bottom of the hour. So dust off your copies of Skype and point them at the GnomeWise account. That's G-N-O-M-E-W-I-S-E. And prepare to call in when we resume. The call-in topic again is, what do you think the next big thing in home entertainment is likely to be, both from the standpoint of what would you love to see, whether you think it's actually realistic that it's going to arrive or not, and what do you think is going to be provided to us? What do you think is coming on the next generation of whatever widget you can imagine that they're going to try to sell to us? So beyond, you know, the, the DVR has come and is here to stay. 3D didn't take quite so much. Large flat panel TVs have come to stay. High definition is here to stay. So digital audio, you know, is here well entrenched and 
hard to see how they can improve much more on that for the average user. So they got to come up with something to sell us because that's what they do. And what do you think it's going to be or what do you want it to be when we return? So we are going to transition to a break here. I've got some Frank Klepacki queued up for you. This is The Gathering. You're listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com with live simulcasts on Versus the World Radio and Rivalcast Radio. We shall return right after this. Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants Studios, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. Nerds with opinions. That's where we get to hear directly from all of you out there in live listener land. Podcast listeners must rely on the uh, the Skype equivalent of snail mail, which is email the show at alphageekradio.com. You are always welcome to respond there if you cannot listen live. And, oh, mighty bearded one, what, uh, what have we said to offend you this show? Oh. Oh, is that, do I need to come up with something that I'm offended about? You usually don't so, have to work very hard for it. <laughs> well, you, you couldn't remember Brian Cranston's name, uh, but I helped you out there. Uh, well, um, let me help you hate me even more. I don't watch Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. Oh, that sucks. That's such you you. It's such a good show. And it's coming back tonight. Yes, the, the mighty return. And I'm going to segue that into talking about the calling topic. Woohoo! Um, AMC has been doing some really cool, obviously making some of the best shows on TV with Mad Men and Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead, you know, just super awesome stuff. Um, what, two years ago now they started on Walking Dead, they started doing the after show with Chris Hardwick where people can call in and they have guests and all that. They're going to start doing that with this season of Breaking Bad tonight, also hosted by Chris Hardwick. But another awesome thing that they do is that... They have a live interactive web thing going on during the episodes with, like, surveys so people can click on, like, what's, what do you think is going to happen next? Something happens and when they do it in Walking Dead, at least. When something happens, they were like, people can rate how gory that kill was. Um, and then when there's a really cool, like, fight scene and then it goes to commercial, they instantly put up a video that says, would you like to watch that again? Well, well instead of watching it, you can go to your... <laughs> your tablet or your desktop if you're sitting in front of your computer and watching it and watch it again right away with just the last 30 seconds to a minute or whatever, the really cool bit. And it's awesome how interactive and everything it is. And I think it's cool that not only are they, on the you know, making really great TV, but they're also like pushing like how more people can interact with it, the TV show. Well, TNT. That's they, where the inter, that's where the future of entertainment's going. TNT is has taken the same approach with uh, Falling Skies, so they have the second watch show uh, following the premiere episodes, and the same thing where they have interviews with the cast. I don't think they have the same level of interactivity, but what you're describing there is the much uh, vaunted second screen that they're trying mm-hmm. to shoot for, and how successful do you think? Uh, AMC has been integrating the second screen so far. Is it a distraction or is it a, is it is it an addition from your? Standpoint? I think it's a great addition, and it it tells you when the next thing's going to happen. You know, it's like you know, there's a countdown of when the next thing you have to interact with it is. So you can look at that and then just be like, all right, I'm just going to ignore it for a minute and thirty seconds and watch the show. And then it makes a noise and like it like beeps when it comes up with a new thing. So you're like, oh, okay. And then it's usually just like you know, a quick thing that you can do, like a survey or a question or a screenshot of what just happened, you know. See, so when it, you when you said the bit about, you know, how how did that kill, my brain immediately went to zombie land and zombie kill of the week. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. It's exactly like that, yeah. It's like, it's like a great way to interact with it. And I know that Disney has some way of doing a second screen experience that works with their, like, DVDs or 
I've, ex- I've, I've experimented with that with uh, Tron Legacy and one other title that escapes me. My memories of that. Oh, beg your pardon. Uh, the Avengers. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Number one, it is a huge download. So, you know, I've got 60 megabit downstream here, and it took it a good 25 minutes to download to my iPad. Uh, so it is, it is fat with content. That being said, it's an interesting toy. Um, it synchronizes with the playback, so it goes over Wi-Fi and talks directly to your Blu-ray player. And you can control the playback from within the app. So when you start looking at, at the additional content that it flashes up at you, it'll pause the playback as you go off on the tangent and, and read. And it'll play you know, the behind-the-scenes effects video for the scene you're watching. So it's, it is the Blu-ray extended edition wet dream version where tons of extra content as you're watching it and it's it's no way to watch the movie it is totally distracting from the movie but if you're a sucker for additional detail and more contents and more featurettes um i ate it up so it needs work it doesn't sound as streamlined and as uh fun as what you're describing from amc but there's a lot of a lot of promise there i think um, and on a re- other thing you had mentioned earlier about how you were really disappointed with the Wii, the Wii U, and how it didn't really work with the TiVo like it's supposed to. It hasn't yet, yeah. I've been using it as my YouTube box, and the the UI for if you subscribe to a lot of stuff on YouTube, it's really easy to just open the YouTube app on there, go down your subscriptions, go over, and the way they organize, you know, the newest video goes right to the front. Hmm. And I subscribe to a lot of long stuff on there so it's perfect for that so i can just go and watch it on my tv and then i can mess around on my computer playing a game or you know reading reading reddit which is what i'm usually doing or something like that but i'm not because if i'm trying to watch youtube on my computer i can't do that and those other stuff as easily at the same time but if it's on my tv and just kind of a background thing yeah like the adam savage uh tested channel i've been watching a lot of those videos See, I'm not much and, of a, I'm not much of a YouTube wonk, and but I, I can really see how that would work beautifully because I, I do yeah. with the gamepad interface and then the playback on the TV. I can see how that would be a, a glorious thing. I'm just yeah, I, I'm just not part it, of the YouTube generation. You know, and the high quality videos on YouTube, it's you know, it's all HDMI from my Wii U to my TV, so it looks really great. I was watching uh, the Will Wheaton's uh, tabletop, newest tabletop episode last night or this morning, however you want to look at it, uh, on my TV. It was awesome. And joining us uh, through the miracle of the conference call feature, we have the one and only Boba Fetish. Welcome to the show. Hello there, Gnomewise. Hi, Grail. Hi, Daxa. Hello. How are you this fine day? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Excellent. Um, my only big breakthrough that I actually want, just to be on topic, is content delivery to other countries. Ha <laughs> ha! Good luck with that. Yeah, because frankly, my choice is iTunes or Bite Me. Now, and for for the for the occasional listener, illustrate what country are you calling from, Boba? 
Canada. Ah, uh, the, the, the savage land of Canada. Yes, north of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's the same kind of wasteland of content because of the stupid legal wranglings of international delivery. You get to see all the cool, sexy things we talk about here in the United States, and you get about a tenth of it up there, right? Uh, that's about it, because I essentially get iTunes. I've got Netflix up here, but it's a limited selection. Uh, Google has some movies that I can rent and the odd ones that I can buy. Uh, but Google Music is not up here yet, and Google TV is not up here yet. And so essentially, if I want to buy a season pass of a TV show, I have to buy it via iTunes. Which Apple thanks you for. Sure. I'm sure they do, but hey, I'd like other choices. <laughs> because going into the big box store, they tell me, yeah, DVDs are dying, so we're not bringing this stuff in anymore. How the hell else am I supposed to get that? <laughs> I kill you! I kill you! Exactly. Mm, so, you're not necessarily looking for a revolution or the next big thing. You want the current big thing to freaking get available other than within the continental United States. Exactly, because I can VPN into the States, I can VPN into um, the UK to download stuff, but it's like, honestly having to do that in combination with the three laptops in this house, the two Nexus 7 tablets, my Nexus phone, it's like, it's a real pain to get this all set up. Oh no, I'm guaranteed my presence on an NSA watch list because I use the Onion router to tunnel to the UK to watch Doctor Who and watch um, Top Gear because I prefer the British version of Top Gear. And I'm using it completely innocently, but of course that's the kind of thing that's going to get you uh, scrutinized these days, shall we say. Yep, I'm sure the NSA loves me because I call into you guys and yet I'm doing all of this other stuff. So it's like, hmm. Who is this Boba (laughs) Fetish? He has fetishes. He's he's wearing a gimp suit, right? Well, no, it's Mandalorian armor, but that's a whole other thing. Flashback to undergrads. (laughs) But that's another. Twitch, twitch. Um... So, Grail, what's uh, what are your feelings in and Daxo? What's what's the next big thing, or what do you want? What do you want? Hard to say what I want. I mean, I think you know, one of the things that Barry mentioned was just that integration, and I don't know. Well, I think it's cool. I think the fact that you 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 know, Noam, you referred to it as a toy, makes me think that it's not exactly something that uh, is a must-have. Like I'm trying, like what would be the next thing that actually you know, like you can't even understand how you lived without it. Like a TiVo type thing right. to me has become just so ingrained, having some sort of DVR capability. Um, you know, one of the other things that, that they've tried now is like uh, Defiance, the fact they have a game that ties into a TV show that's much more uh, symbiotic than anything before, where it wasn't like the show is done and then here we made a game uh, about it. So ones that actually can kind of cause you know affect each other is interesting as well Mm -hmm. i think that might be uh a direction things could go in but for something that i absolutely feel like i i I would love and couldn't live without i i don't know if there's anything out there yet that i've seen that i i feel i have to have i mean um go ahead well what i would love would be a holodeck but you know one day one day that's not gonna happen anytime soon 
But I can't I can't really think of anything else that's something that I that's a current technology or possibly current technology, you know, in the near future that I would really want. I, mean, I, I want I want a Netflix style service where I pay the same nine bucks a month I'm paying for streaming of their library that allows me to take my existing DVD library and put it up on the cloud and turn it into a streaming library. Yeah, yeah there's that. I see and, that being good. I mean, I, I would like to see the, the tyranny of cable ended to where every, everything you know, a la carte. is a la carte and I can buy a subscription to... You know, ESPN, HBO, and like NFL Network, and one or two other, the Comedy Central, and just get those without having to buy the massive bundle. Yeah, and that's there's, you you read all the reasons why that's it's difficult to have that happen. Though I think it's inevitable that it's eventually going to because they are right. a, as services like Netflix, and Amazon streaming and Vudu and Crackle get you know deeper and deeper libraries as they get closer and closer to that dream of the entirety of televised human entertainment available on demand, which we will reach that point because storage and bandwidth become more and more trivial with each passing year to the point where realistically digitizing everything ever created will be attainable. And in fact, you know, people say, well, of course it's all up there on the cloud. It always has been, hasn't it? It's like, yeah, you know, kids who never knew a world where all their research papers were consisting of whatever Wiki Wikipedia said and Google. Um, yeah. oh, shudder. Um, <laughs> the, but I mean, I think Netflix themselves should provide the service that I was talking about. You know, in addition to, Streaming the movies offer a service where I do the work of ripping the DVD. So, because right now you can, if you want to go down to Wally World and they work with Ultraviolet and you go in there with your DVDs and for like five bucks a pop, they will rip them and put them up in the cloud for you. But that's a significant amount of money for the um, large number of DVDs that I collected before streaming became prevalent. And exactly. the if I'm willing to do that labor now, I know why they want us to take them into Wally World, because they want control over that intake method. They don't want me ripping my library to my account and then walking over to your house and giving it to you, and then you rip the same library to your account because they have no way of telling one DVD from another on the intake end. Um, they just need to give it's another one of those things where they just need to let go and realize they can't control that crap. And the more they get legitimate service for a good price, the less they will have to worry about piracy and embrace the yeah. fact that yeah, they, exactly. I mean, the people just, who are going to share are going to share. And that's just, and you can still make a bundle of money by giving me the service that will sit there for days. If they offer, if, if Netflix rolled out this service tomorrow, and thank you for Profiles Netflix, by the way. We, we really love that feature. And <laughs> I would sit in front of my damn DVD ripper and not get back up until I was through the library and every single one of those DVDs was shoved into a box in the garage. And I would never unsubscribe from their service because they've given me exactly what I want, everything I've ever purchased. And they would continue to get money from me every month until I stopped metabolizing because... 
they've given me all the stuff that I want, and they deserve cash for that, just a reasonable amount of cash, not five bucks a disc for a disc I've already paid 30 to 50 for. And that's one of the nice things. We actually have a station up here in Canada that is breaking the normal uh, because it will actually post every episode for the entire run of the show. So I've got showcase.ca, and it shows me every episode of Lost Girl, every episode of Continuum, every episode of Defiance, all right there for me to watch. They're doing it right. Yep. How they're doing that knocking their pants suit off is, we need to get Barry a quieter keyboard. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm all for that. We're going to get him a... I have very important tweets to write. Nah. <laughs> The Twitterverse must hear of these things. It is important. Actually, I'm just responding to someone else's tweet. I forgot I was on the mic still. <laughs> just listening to the show, everybody. Uh, he's on the show. Listen to it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dork. Who am I talking to now, Sybil? <laughs> I digress. So, yeah, the, the, the second screen seems to be what the industry wants to serve up to us next and you see them heading that direction disney's offering for their blu-ray releases um some streamlining needs to happen and i'm curious those of you doing the um who still do the cable thing um grail and dax if now that you've heard of this have, have had you experimented with the um amc stuff at all going to now that you've heard about it we haven't experimented with it at all yet, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, when I watch the show, I don't know if I kind of if I want to be distracted that oh, much. Oh, whatever. You're just you just she self distracts already. I self distract. I don't need more distractions. With like her phone out and stuff normally during shows. I personally focus on the show, so I don't have much interest in kind of following along unless it's something I've already seen. Um, like I would try that thing out for the Avengers. That's because I've seen it like you know ten, fifteen times. Yeah, it, so, it, it does add a lot to the experience. Um, right. Just like DVR commentary tracks, I enjoy those. This is that I really, really like. What? I said this. This is the commentary track on steroids, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds interesting. So the same thing for me, like like the Talking Dead stuff, like that just doesn't. I don't know. Again, like I'm really into the show, so I just really want to focus on the show. So, like Breaking Bad, I'll just be focusing on the last whatever it is, like eight nine episodes of Breaking Bad that are left for the entire series. After that's done, then yeah, I might go back and watch some of the the follow up interviews and stuff like that. Interesting. We'll see. It'd be interesting to see if it's something that can even be cracked, or if just dividing our attention between two screens is just something that humans are not good at and it's just they're they're chasing their tails and they'll they'll never come up with anything that is massively popular just because people don't work well when their attention is divided or someone will crack it and come up with the ultimate way of integrating internet access on a tablet type device with a live broadcast of a show and then you know two years from now we'll be seeing how did we ever enjoy our shows without, you know, whatever the, the name of the, uh, you know, the second screen widget is? We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think up in, like, you know, before I used to have a TV that was really in viewing range of my computer. 
And back then, I'd have that TV on, and there'd be stuff on while I was doing stuff on my computer. But it, it just didn't. It had to be something I wasn't super duper like needed to pay attention to. Right, repeats. Um, and so you know, it depends. I like I said, it depends on what what's going on. Like you know, football. I watch football heavily, but I'll also if it's fantasy football, I have that going on on the computer next to me, and so I can I can divide my attention that way. But for a series like Breaking Bad, I just want to watch the show. See, Grail, if you had just rolled a mage like me back in the day, you could have watched movies and played WoW at the same time. No, this is actually during my EverQuest <laughs> days, and I actually specifically went to to start playing a wizard in EverQuest from a monk because I got so tired of the fact I had to pay attention to so much of the game. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to sit on my butt and just read my book all day while I'm metting. That's when our guild deaths went up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So let's wrap this one up. Thank you, Boba and Barry, for calling. I'm going to kick you guys to the curb as we Good wrap night, it up. Good one, guys. Be well. Yeah. And... As is usual, let us send out thanks to the universe. Thank you to all the volunteers in the research thread. If you wish to join us, come to the forums, and you can read the research thread anytime. So you can go in there and read all the things that did not make it to air. There's plenty of interesting stuff there that we simply don't always have time for. And if you want to contribute, just send a personal message to GnomeWise, and I will get you right access to the read-only forum. And you can begin contributing as soon as you like. You can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for Casually Hardcore. You'll find us on there. You can follow us on Twitter. If you want to be uh, in touch with when shows go live and when new content gets posted to the website, follow Alpha Geek Radio. If you want information about this show in particular, Casually Hardcore is Hardcore Casuals on Twitter. I am Gnomewise. He is Izzy Grail. That's I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. And she is Daxa C-H. That's D-A-K-S-A-C-H. All on the Twitter. You can send emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. While you're on Alpha Geek Radio, check out our sister feeds. Alpha Geek Radio, which is fat with content right now from Nerdtacular and Wootstock 5.0. You can also check the front page for the wonderful videos from the UAT Digital Video team. Thank you. Go out to Paul DeNegris and his team of students for that. They're doing awesome work as usual. Soak it in because it's awesome. Uh, and you can also subscribe to Alpha Geek Interviews. Whenever we get uh, interesting interviewees, you will find the content posted to that feed. Sponsor a segment sometimes. Send us five bucks and you can write us paragraphs to introduce different uh, segments. Tell who, whichever one of us you want to read, whatever you want, however you want, and have fun at our expense. It's a happy thing. You can listen to the shows on Stitcher Radio via the Stitcher app. I'm working with them to get the Alpha Geek Radio live stream on there there as well so that uh, we can fill the gap because there is no working app for Shoutcast on Windows Phone. So for the small percentage of you that are using Windows Phone 8, looking to fill that hole with Stitcher Radio, hoping to hear back from them this week, I will let you know either via Twitter or the front page or next week's show. If you need to buy something from Amazon, please take a moment to begin your search from the widgets on the right-hand side of Alpha Geek Radio. When you finish your purchase, we will get a small cut of the proceeds at no extra cost to you. You'll be getting your stuff, and you'll be supporting the station and keeping us on the air at the same time. It's a wonderful, happy thing. If you find find yourself on iTunes, stop by our feeds and write us a review. Anytime you write a review, boosts our visibility. Other nerds will be able to find us out there and join the community, and that is only an awesome thing. We appreciate your time, and check us out. 
on Indiegogo for our hardware upgrade fundraiser. A uh, little bit over a quarter of the way there. Got to the end of the month to get the rest of the way there. We appreciate your generosity and look forward to bringing you video and reliable coverage at conferences everywhere. I have been Gnomewise. I have been Daxa. And I've been Grail. And until next time, same bat time, same bat channel, we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.